This week's episode of Better on Draft is brought to you by Zatuna Liquor in Rochester Hills, just south of M59 on Rochester Road. Go check them out for all of your party needs, whether it's beer, liquor, wine, cider, mead, everything that you need for your alcoholic needs, they can help serve you. Definitely check out North Center Brewing over in Northville, Michigan, just south of Baseline Road over on North Center Street. Also check them in the downtown Northville Drinking District. They have a little pop-up there where you can get your North Center beer while walking around. And our newest sponsor, PCI Brandcraft. That's at PCI Brandcraft on Facebook and Instagram. Everything that you need to throw your logo on to promote your brand, whether it's a t-shirt, a hat, a glass, that's what they cater to, and they'll cater to you, PCI Brandcraft, Instagram, and Facebook. Find us on Facebook and Instagram. That's Better on Draft on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You can find us live Friday, 7 p.m. at betterondraft.tv or facebook.com forward slash betterondraft or twitch.tv forward slash podcast. See you soon. Whether your beer is in a bottle, can, or glass, kick back and relax. It's Better on Draft. Welcome, everybody. This is episode 266, Better on Draft Podcast. My name is Ken. Thank you so much for joining us. It has been one hell of a ride this summer as we have had so many guests talking about craft beer, brewing, books, economics, business, everything in between. Uh, so this is going to be kind of a a relaxing episode. We're going to bring a few topics to the table and kind of discuss it, uh, go over our feelings within the craft beer industry, and, you know, just, just enjoy the fact that it's a nice summer day. Um, it's probably 120 where Dan is right now. So, you know, <laughs> stay inside, use the AC, relax. Let's go around and see what everyone's drinking, starting with Rob. What do you got over there? Uh, right now I have... Uh, two things from uh, Ferndale Project, the uh, Blackberry Gin Fizz Highball uh, cocktail-inspired sour ale with uh, blackberry, lime, and basil. Uh, so there's this sucker here. And then also mm-hmm. sipping on a little bit of bourbon that I picked up this weekend, uh, some of that Weller Special Reserve, because some smooth, smooth weed of bourbon. All right. And Wendy, what are you drinking over there? Oh, I uh, found some of the strange beasts, uh, the hard kombucha from Sierra Nevada. I'm super excited. I got the passion fruit hops and blood orange. And uh, just for uh, shits and giggles, I also grabbed a boss tweed because it's been a while since I've had one. It's one of my favorites. Daniel. Yo, got the typical stolen soda going on. And then just for good measure, I've got a bacon and eggs from Pete Support. Awesome. For me, uh, because uh, we're not going to be having a show next week, we're going to take a a little bit of a break. Uh, I am going on my first vacation in almost two years, which involves me going to Maine. So I decided to crack open my last bottle of uh, Mean Old Tom uh, with the assumption that I'm going to be getting some more here in a week. Uh, So I am happy to have that. Now, uh, I, I issued homework to all of the hosts to think of some topics, ideas, thoughts to discuss. And the first one that I am going to bring up, um, which I think is a, a topic that a lot of people we have talked about on this show, and that is uh, with regards to tipping. And we're not going to talk about should you tip or should you tip 20% or that mumbo jumbo. I already made my point heard. Uh, you should be tipping 20%. <laughs> end of story. Uh, but as 
a lot of organizations are moving away from a tipped structure within their business. As a consumer, as well as pretend maybe you're also a business owner of a restaurant or a bar, um, a lot of people are coming up with the options of either A, doing a flat 20% fee. Um, that fee goes directly to, to the staff, you know, whether it's uh, paying them a regular wage or paying them in tips based on sales uh, or paying, paying on a wage based on sales or rolling that 20% into the food and drink prices so that then whatever you pay, it's a no tip area. Um, there are restaurants around here, not many that I know of, but I know B Nectar has been doing this for at least five years. Um, so if you come and think about it, you go there, you buy a drink and it's $7. Really, that's probably a $5 drink where you would have paid, you know, plus tax a dollar and change for the tip. Um, so when you work it backwards, it makes a lot of sense. My question to you guys, and I'm going to start with uh, Rob here first. Um, what okay. would you think if you were a customer going and seeing a 20% fee on your check that was flat and what would you think if you saw um prices raised but a no tip uh option uh i think if i saw I, the thing is i, I think with a 20 percent um i'm perfectly fine with it that that's about what i'm going to tip anyway um most places sometimes i tip even more um i know my shout out to to my uh uh, my, my Herman's Old Town Grill family out in Plymouth, as I do trivia out there on Mondays, that I will tend to tip. Uh, I don't have a very big bill. Just put it that way. Usually I just have a drink or something. Uh, but for those, I will typically tip somewhere between 30 to 60 percent. It, it usually sometimes just depends. Um, so so those those are where, where they are. Uh, but if I go to a place and it's going to be 20 percent automatic, then it's like the conversations we've had before. I'm going to provide the tip, but if I have complaints, I'm going to put my complaints, you know, to management in, in other ways. Uh, I'm not going to put it on the servers, especially now where we have so many places where, you know, they would normally have hours until 11 or 12 o'clock and they're shutting down at nine or 10 because they don't have the people They're They're stressed out. They're, they're, they're trying to get everybody served and everybody fed as fast as they can. And we just have to stop being shit ass people to just sit there and, and enjoy, you know, the ability to even be out and, you know, have the patience to enjoy the food. So I'm going to I'll put the 20 percent. If they give me a line to put more, I might even put more. Now, if it's going to be priced where it's going to be priced more. It, and already, you know, already considered a tip as being priced more for the food. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like if you're going to do that, and I, I guess in this scenario, is there going to be a tip line on the bill? Because if it's already that they're pricing things higher to account for the tip, then I'm kind of assuming that there is no tip line at this point. But then there's probably no one who's going to say don't tip because you would think people are going to tip anyway. And it's just going to think, well, they're just higher prices. So, you know, 20 percent probably at some point, it sounds like it might turn into, you know, 35 to 40 if, if you're tipping on top of that. I think it would be responsible of the restaurateur to inform the customer of what's happening. Um, if mm -hmm. you do not have a tip, a lot of customers 
if you don't have a tip line, customers would probably assume that you've rolled it into the the price of the items. I think that's what they do. Uh, a big chain that I know that does it. I know it's a QSR, but Noodles and Co. Um, does it. Yeah. So they do that. I think if you don't, as a consumer, if you don't see a tip line, I think you just assume they're getting paid uh, an hourly wage. Um, and of course, there's mm-hmm. always on top you could leave cash. Um, should you always, you know, if you have, should you have cash on you, if anybody ever has cash on them. Um, but, but I want to posit the question to Wendy, what, what are your thoughts, um, on the, the question that I asked Rob? Oh, I, I think that it's good. I think it's about time that they start to do something like this. I don't know. Um, I think that they're going to get a lot of pushback on it because you have a whole lot of people out there who still seem to think that. Um, a tip is based on the service that you get, which to a degree it is anything over 20%, in my opinion, is the degree is that is based on the service. Um, I would definitely appreciate it because then I don't have to worry about trying to figure it out. And then I can actually just tip based on how I feel they did instead of trying to figure out above and beyond calculations type of thing. What, what, what about you, Dan? Like what, because you're, (laughs) you know, I've, I've never seen you tip low. So, um, I, I know a lot of people that don't like the program are usually industry people, um, (laughs) and people who, uh, like to tip more than 20%. Um, those are the two people that don't like those types of things, but I, I'm curious what your thought is on the topic. Mine's pretty simple. It's time to get with the rest of the civilized world and knock this uh, $2 an hour bullshit out and just roll everything into the price of everything. The rest of the world doesn't tip. Why are we? And don't tell me like America's better because it's kind of like a backward culture where everyone's expecting a $20 tip. Like, uh, we just said that it is, you're supposed to, you know, a tip's supposed to be based on the service. There's no mandatory requirement. So the easy solution is just do what everyone else does and don't tip and just pay everyone minimum wage or better instead of this crap that they pay them now. I mean, we're still on the imperial system. You, you really think that they're going to be able to fix this? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's if, if the rest of the world can do it, why can't one country, honestly? Stop trying to, I'm of the opinion that you you need to stop uh, subsidizing your business off of the employees. If you can't make a living off of what you're charging for everything, you need to raise your prices or you need to go out of business. It's that simple. It it just always keeps going back to that, that line in the boondocks that Ed Asner says that this is America. We don't stop doing things because it's wrong. We just keep doing the wrong thing until it turns out right. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> and good way to put it <laughs> so i what? i'm we're, we're gonna go in the reverse order because i'm, I'm gonna give you the the devil's advocate position um and this comes from people within the industry because a lot of people make um bank at a lot of these restaurants that they're working at uh if you went to um remember th- this was a long time ago but we were at three nick scoreboard for one of their two-year verts um, I think we were watching a Lions game. We were hanging out. There was one bartender yep. for the entire bar, and this woman was on top of everything. 
I never like my glass was never empty for a long time. Um, and there was she was managing not only the bar, but the entire all the tables. Um, and I I actually went to Ryan and I said, you know, hey, that's really unfair to her. And he goes, she wants that because she makes bank because she can handle that many customers all at once. So what would you say to the the bartender, the server, um, the, the staff member who you're actually going to probably hurt? Now, mind you, this is there. There are fewer people you're going to hurt than people you're going to help. But what, how would you sell this to them? Because at that point, I might want to get out of the industry if I'm not going to make the money I'm going to make. I'm, I'm starting Are with we, Dan. Yep, we're going yeah, okay. backwards. You're not making that seven days a week. Sure, she was making that on football. That was a Sunday afternoon watching the Lions. Um, what are you doing on Tuesday night? What are you doing on Wednesday night? You're not making that money every day. Instead, you're making your minimum wage, whatever the servers get, which is substantially less than normal minimum wage. And then, then what? So... You know, is it? Are they really taking a hit by making that change over? If all of a sudden you're paying them forty thousand dollars a year to do this instead of whatever the current wage works out to, are they really taking a hit there? I I would give the guess that they are making more because if they were making, um, what we'll say just just for argument's sake, ten dollars an hour is the minimum wage, base minimum wage, wherever. Let's just, it's not, I understand that. I know it's not the national. I know it's not each state, just $10. Cause let's just make life easy. Um, so let's say servers make $4 an hour, um, wherever. So all I would have to do is sell six beers in an hour to get to that 10. Cause no matter what, I'm going to make that 10. But what you're saying is, is that the gamble that I'm making as a server bartender, that I'm going to come out with a decent pay night, um, for when I serve uh, versus guaranteed money, you think they would be better off with you think they would much prefer the guaranteed money? Yeah, absolutely. Because, again, every day isn't Sunday afternoon during football season. You're going to have those other nights as well where you don't make that money. I, I mean, there, that's that's true, but there are a lot of bars that have specialty nights. I mean, how many times have we gone to oh, – I mean, how many times have we gone to a bar and it's dead, but how many times have we gone to a bar – think think of all the times we went to the Mad Club on a Tuesday you know, afternoon, early evening, and there's 20 people in there with one bartender, and she's making a buck a drink. But are they really all making a buck a drink? you got to think I about mean, that too. I mean, so- I can only uh, hope so. <laughs> You, you got to think when he's saying making banks, she might have made $200, for example, that afternoon. You'd end up making more if you're getting paid more. There's no reason to base their pay hoping that everyone in there is going to tip the same way you do. That's, I mean, that's that's true. Let's let's bring it to Wendy. Yeah. Uh, I agree with Dan 100%. We, uh, I, so I, as a face painter, we also get tips and we get paid based on what we make when we are when we work festivals and I have said multiple times, like, and we can make bank at festivals. There are times when I go out of there, I had one festival that paid for a cruise just in one weekend. So, I mean, you can make a lot of money, but I would prefer, uh, I like to do the jobs that are like a birthday party where it's one or two hours. I know I'm making a set wage. I don't have to worry about whether or not, we're going to get to that point. There's a lot of times where I might make $300 at one festival, but then the very next day I make zero or we make 
we have a minimum that we can make if we work a festival, but if you're only getting paid 25 or 30 bucks to sit there for eight hours because there's nobody there, that's a big difference. And I, it's the same way when you're working in the service industry. Rob? Uh, I mean, I, 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 there's like, I feel like I have nothing I could even add considering everything that Dan and Winnie have said are, are pretty much like spot on anything I can even think of. I mean, it's just, you know, the thing, the thing I was thinking and, and just kind of like what, what Dan was saying to the point of, you know, with the crowd being there for a, a football game, um, depending on a, a, ven- a venue could be completely different. Whereas, you know, something like three Knicks, it's well, essentially American style football where it could be someplace like McShane's, um, you know, in the Corktown area where it's more soccer or, um, but it's just going to be, you know, that one game, that one day, and hopefully they're going to have crowds where it's something like what, what Ken, what you're saying about specialty nights, where there are bars that have things like um, a DJ or, you know, the trivia nights where, where they're having the people come out and they're making more of that money, but it's, it's not, I, I guess really for every day, every day is not guaranteed. I mean, just kind of, you know, putting the truth out there, there's not a whole lot of faith in what happens with the Detroit Lions around here. So it's not much of a guarantee to say how many people are going to go out there and go out to the bars and, you know, get a whole bunch of beer and, and hang out because, you know, that's, well, it's, it's the Lions. I don't know. <laughs> So uh, if you guys are watching the live stream, uh, I appreciate you watching. If you're watching or listening via podcast, obviously you can listen to us live 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, Facebook.com forward slash better on draft or better on draft TV. Uh, join us. You can join us in the chat just like Tito did, which will bring up his comment in a second. But we do have a, uh, a special guest host filling in for Nick's shoes today. We have Danny. Welcome back, Danny. Hi, thank you. What are you drinking? Um, this is the Arvin Brewing Classic Crusher Pilsner. It survived seven days in our fridge with no power. Um, and it's pretty good. Yeah. That's right. Congratulations on making through that. Thank you. <laughs> Congrats on having power. I didn't That's know you guys had it so bad. Some places did. Now, before we go on to the next topic and I bring in Tito's, um, Tito's little comment from the chat. Uh, I'm going to pause the question to Danny real quick. Danny, um, if you went as a, a consumer of a restaurant, uh, would you prefer a restaurant to put a 20% uh, bill, like a 20% charge that you know is going to go to the gratuity for the entire staff? Or would you rather them be a tip-free restaurant where the 20% is just rolled into the the price of the food and drink already? I think either one of those would be fine as long as the servers are happy. Uh, tipping's not really a big deal in Europe, but you can still do it. So I feel like if you want to tip, go ahead and tip extra. I, I always do. Um, but I think whatever is going to make the employees' lives a little easier, <laughs> uh, whatever they decide, that's what I'm on board with. Because I'll always give extra. Whatever makes them happier and easier. Now, Tito in the chat said he would prefer to see a line item on a bill. 
um, that says just 20% charge instead of a menu up item upcharge. So uh, instead of putting the price into the menu, uh, but uh, as we do normally with restaurants, if you ever go to a bar or a restaurant that has six or more people or eight or more people, there's usually auto gratuity added, uh, which also gives you the option to add more gratuity on top of the auto gratuity. Um, and my thing is, is that as a consumer, I think a lot of people accept auto gratuity as much as they just accept it because they have to, if they want to eat there. Um, I don't think it deters anyone from eating anywhere. Uh, I don't think anybody's ever said, ah, I'm not going to eat there if there's auto gratuity. Um, but in the same sense, I think there are I, if the amount of people that is probably really small. But I think the the big issue is, is that people don't like being, you know, like seeing a charge like they want to feel in control of this, which I think is a shitty thing to feel um, being in control of somebody else's wages. Um, I, I always remember the. Uh, there, there was a meme on Facebook, and I mean, it's it's made its way around for years from like Live Journal and AOL and shit. And it's a guy puts five singles on the table when he sits down at a restaurant, and every time the server messes up, he takes a dollar away until the server realizes that that's what her tip is. Um, you know, like that that shit is just insulting. If if any of you think that's a good idea, delete me. Like, just have have <laughs> any of you actually seen that? Because I never have. I have. I. I <laughs> I, I, I have seen it. Um, I, mm -hmm. I won't name, uh, the, the person out loud. Uh, it wasn't like that organic, like five singles laid out nice. And then you just take one away. Like, but that's those types of things. I have seen people, uh, both actually and mentally take away money in their head, uh, for tip and like factor in all these extra factors before they add the tip. Um, this person did change their ways though, uh, which 100% uh, blew my mind. But yeah, I, I have seen people do dumb shit like that. Um, or, or even, I mean, it, we see it all the time with like receipts, like people say, LOL, get a real job. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think so. the The question was, you know, should it be a line item? Should it be rolled into the price? I don't think there's a right answer. Um, I think there is plenty of right answers, and I think it just depends. I think Danny made a great point. Make sure the servers are happy because they're the ones that are getting paid. Um, and I think that's the group of people that, if there are enough people making enough money, that would tell Dan, "Hey, we're making too much, mo like way more money." Uh, making tips, please don't do this to us. And I think you would get that at a specific restaurants versus every restaurant. Um, so that was my topic. Um, I am going to pass it off. Does somebody else want to just jump in and bring in the topic that they want to discuss today? I'll go. Wendy. So um, <laughs> it, it's been really hard to... Uh, go through some of the craft beer groups right now because everybody started the pumpkin hate which i don't like pumpkin beers either but just shut up we don't care yeah dan don't get dan started i didn't say anything nobody cares that you don't like pumpkin beers stop it so but i did run across a common theme in quite a few of the chat groups which is what is your hangover cure so I'm just curious as to what everyone's hangover cures are. Oh, boy. 
And I wrote down some of the funner ones that I heard. I, I still can't get over the shower beer. Now there's a hangover beer? No, no hangover, no, hangover cure. beer. Hangover, hangover cure. cure. Oh, I mean, hangover beer, cure. Beer so, may be your hangover cure. It could be. That's was, what some yeah. people said that. I was going to say, mine is vodka or beer. Either or. Like, does the trick pretty good. I think a lot of people will talk about Bloody Marys or mimosas. Like, that's why it's a favorite of morning, like, brunch-type drinks. It's not because you want to get drunk as bra- as much as you're f- trying to fix the hangover from drinking the night before. <laughs> um Mine, I've I've always, and it's it's not necessarily the smartest thing, and I am not a doctor, and you should not take this as any type of medical advice. Oh boy! Um, but I am definitely a uh, two giant glasses of water before bed and a uh, two pills of Excedrin migraine, because um, who doesn't want a blood thinner uh, while you're drinking? Yep. But. I tell you what, when I do that, I know if I wake up, my my hangover won't be in my head. I still might have that feeling of like my my gut is, you know, 13 inches lower and like uh, it's like my heart is beating faster than it should. Um, so I might still have those types of hangover uh, things, but my head doesn't hurt, which is really the most important part in life. I can I can mm-hmm. deal with being mopey and, you know, sitting around watching TV. But if my head's hurting no. Um, what about, what about you, Danny? Uh, I do the pills before bed as well. Just whatever I can find. And then, you know, lots of water with like liquid electrolytes, like from a little bottle. Um, and just, you know, praying for death, basically. <laughs> okay. <It works. laughs> Dan, you said, you said vodka and beer. Yeah. Easy enough. You also you don't get a hangover if you don't go to sleep. Just keep drinking and you'll be you'll oh, be all right. I I counter that because I have had so many hangovers after a beer festival. Um where like well, my, you stopped drinking, so that was your well, issue. That's you said go to sleep. <laughs> mm. You're right, but yeah, if you keep drinking, you're you're good to go. Just keep going. Uh yeah, I mean I, I did not have a hangover the um fall beer festival the last one we went to where i was drinking from 9 a.m to 2 a.m just straight um that was just a long day but yeah i i also paced myself though i uh i don't know i what what are some of the fun ones wendy uh so some of the fun ones were well a lot of people say cheeseburger and diet coke or some type of soda uh room temperature root beer and anything greasy i thought that was funny um, somebody was very specific and said vitamin B, ibuprofen, and noodles. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where those three go in together, but whatever works for you. Uh, okay. Pickle juice, ceviche, which I, they they were specific enough to say Peruvian ceviche. Um, mm-hmm. But I did see uh, my friend that owns the craft beer bar in Cozumel. Uh, somebody tagged him in a post that they gave him a Mexican. He gave them a Mexican hangover cure. And I was trying to find it because I didn't write it down. I, I'll look for it and put it up, post it up there as to what it is. But they said they thought they were at their mouth was on fire. So I'm guessing that it was a little bit spicy. <clears throat> um, low main, ginger ale, and Law and Order SVU. <laughs> I went, okay, I like so some couch time. Um, and of course, Bloody Mary's greasy food. It's, greasy food seems to be the thing. I remember one time 
when I, in my younger days, I, I always want to go to breakfast after I've been out drinking. Right. So we were watching Oprah one day and Dr. Oz was on and he had got that question. And he said that um, people who crave eggs when they have a hangover, it's because there's an enzyme in eggs that help break everything down and even things out. So I have a medical reason to want breakfast now if I've been drinking, apparently. Um, But I tend to drink water all the way through. Like when we do beer trips, I pack water in the car so that even if there isn't any readily available and I'm, I just try to keep myself hydrated throughout the day um, to avoid that crazy hangover the next day. That's my hangover cure. Obviously, ibuprofen helps too. I'm, I'm not a big, like, I'm, I'm big on eating to help, like, soak up the beer for the next day. But the next day, usually I don't want to eat at all. Like, I just don't want to, I don't want to put anything in my stomach other than water. And even then, like, water is just like, uh, I don't know if we want to be in here. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, breakfast for me, man. But I crave breakfast foods all the time anyway, so. All right. Who wants yeah. to, uh, who wants to bring up their next topic? Yeah, I, I would say thanks for, for skipping me on that one because my answer was not a damn thing. So, <laughs> yeah, no hangover cure, Rob. Yeah, you didn't see anything. I, I, I don't. I just pretty much. I get up in the morning. I, I crave breakfast like the next person. I, I have breakfast. Um, does, does anybody just, know anybody that's tried the IV? Like the I see those all the time, totally especially not. out here. But no I one did, that I know. Go ahead, Wendy. Sorry, I did mean to bring that up because I did have a friend that um, was a paramedic. Is a paramedic. And he used to uh, give his wife an IV to hydrate her after we had had plenty of libations the night before. So I do know people that have done that. I haven't done it because I don't like needles. So I I know Birmingham has uh, an IV clinic. Um, and I know Vegas, like downtown Vegas has one. I think like right on Fremont Street that you literally just walk up to it and like, all right, poke me with a needle. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, I I've never no. done it, but I I know people who swear by it. Uh, it just seems like a very <sighs> expensive hangover here. Yeah. Right. But you want to keep going, man. So yeah, whatever right. it takes, I guess so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh. All right. Well, I figure. I guess I'll, I'll throw I'll throw something out here because I was kind of going through some of the crappier boards myself, and I saw a post. That uh, one of the admins on uh, DACBY, uh, good old Paul Suswick, had uh, posted a kind of one of those memory posts. And I can't believe it's been this long already, uh, but he had shared the post of like the original post where the discussion of M43 started. And that was now five years ago. I cannot believe this was five years ago, (laughs) but the essentially the the evolution of M43, you know, from its creation to, you know, where it is today. I mean, it was a game changer, uh, at, at least here in Michigan, for having New England IPAs, because for the most part, all we had was what uh, stuff from The Alchemist. Um, you know, with the treehouse, trillium, 
and and all of just like the the insane trades of trying to get New England IPAs into Michigan until of course Old Nation created their own in M43 and then of course creating other ones like Greenstone, Boxer, uh, Boss Tweed, um, Cart Horse, former, I forget what the former name was that they had to change, but you know, all of those that have been out and just, I know some of you don't really care for the New England IPAs too much, but I, I guess I just kind of want to talk about New England IPAs and how it has changed everything, not only here, but it, it just seems everything from from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast and the West Coast bringing New England IPAs back to us from, from their ends. Because obviously the West Coast is so used to, to their bitter, piney West Coast IPAs, which, you know, okay every now and then. Uh, but, you know, New England IPAs, I if, if I'm going to have one, it's either going to be just a straight IPA or it's going to be New England because that, that's pretty much where I am with those. Um, so I, I guess I'm, I'm kind of curious just about your your state of the union, so to speak, in your head of New England IPAs for yourself and where you think if if New Englands are going to stick around much longer than I think we kind of anticipated that they would. Um, I, I, I think that New England IPAs as and 100 percent giving Travis the credit for M43. Um, we did see it within the state itself. Uh, we did have, um, God, Ellison had one. I think it's Relativity or something like that. Uh, you Ellison, can get that juice or something like that. Yeah, Ellison oh, had one before. What's that? Yeah. They had Hazenstein also. Yeah, so mm. it, the, the New England IPA style was done, but not to the production level of m43 and how that that exploded um i think that the way it exploded within the united states that somebody else would have done it um and we have had some really good uh new england ipas within our state itself to where uh, if it wasn't m43 it would have been transient or it would have been uh maybe if relativity got uh distroed or you know they're I, I think M43 helped jump the gun for the entire state of Michigan. Um, but I think without M43, we still would have had it. It just would have had a different flag bearer. So, so pretty much, uh, oh man, that, 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 I was getting ready to make a, a somewhat supreme black history reference. Cause I would say that uh, M43 is the Rosa Parks to everyone else being the Claudette Colvin. Uh, but I was, if, if, if you get it, you get it. I mean, I got it. <laughs> I, I watched. I watched Drunk History once. <laughs> once, and they happened to talk once. about that. I mean, I've I've watched like the whole series once. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, I watched one episode. They happened to talk about that specific thing. Okay, good catch, Ken. Thanks. <laughs> Wendy, I mean, what about you? Or I'm sorry, go ahead, Ken. I was I was just gonna say I I think. No, I think we would still be where we are today. I just think it would be a different flag bearer. Okay. Wendy? Is, is the question based on M43 or just IP, New England IPAs in general? I think just New, New England IPAs in general, just because, you know, it's, you know, they're clearly 
you know, as we've already been discussing, they weren't the first. Um, they aren't the last in, in Michigan. We, we have quite a few. But, you know, it, it's like what Ken is saying with M43 somewhat being the flag bearer that, you know, the popularity kind of took off. And now we have all these breweries that are in a state that that make their own. So I, I think it definitely I agree that it would have still taken off even if we didn't have Old Nation um, and the whole collaboration thing that happened with, with the Dacby, that was crazy. That was a perfect example of how you can market something properly, to be honest. Um, as far as New England IPAs go, in my opinion, um, I, I'm very thankful for them because it actually opened up my eyes to a whole other world because I hated IPAs before New England IPAs came out. I've said from the very beginning that they are the IPA for the hop timid. It's a gateway IPA. It's a way for people to start to learn about hops and what they can do. Um, and before they start opening up their taste buds to other hops that are less friendly for those who aren't used to it. Well, I guess, and I guess that kind of, when, when you said it for, for the hop timid, it, it made me think about Joe Walters and, you know, he was former owner of Liberty Street and I remember us having him on and how he talked about he him hating making New England IPAs because everything that he was taught and how to make beer, he basically had to make New England's backwards. And it just it did not fit, you know, with the whole draw of wanting to be a brewer, I, I guess, as consumers, do we even care <laughs> If, if no. <laughs> we don't want to know the mat. We don't want to know what happens behind the magic screen. Come on. <laughs> I just want you to give me something. Tasty. Just give me some good beer. I agree. <laughs> I don't need to know how many marshmallows it took to make that stout, please. It's <laughs> a good I point. Mean, yeah, <laughs> it's, a good, it's, a, it's a good point. Uh, Dan, do you have anything else? Yeah, I, I just wish these things would go away. I, I wish the fad would end, you know, I think, because I, I think and I'm, I'll let you finish real quick. But <laughs> the uh, uh, we in, in the chat, Larry Lim is saying uh, tired of it. So I'm guessing he's tired of the New England IPAs uh, and it takes up too much shelf space in an already limited shelf space area. That's exactly where I was going, because the more of these stupid things that are made, the less space there is for other styles of beer. And when I walk into a brewery and nine of their 12 drafts are like New England IPAs, it's like, get out of here. I'm just not even spending money there. I so make make, make one if you have to. I mean, make your best one because people do want it. I don't know why, but people do want beer that tastes like orange juice. But, you know, make some other styles. I mean, there are other there are other styles that people prefer to drink. And if you're doing that, it's just like, whatever, I'm just not going to come there. And I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. Fair. Danny. I, uh, I love new England. Frankly, I drink so much M 43 that I thought I should be like a rep for a while. <laughs> but I, I feel like there's some weird stuff happening. Maybe brewers are getting bored. And so there's this like, ABV arms race going on so they have to be, have like the most hops and like it's got to be a triple New England now it's a quad New England now it's just it's a lot of stuff and 
for me personally, I can't really get behind the taste of like New Zealand hops, which seems to be like in every New England right now. Yeah. And I don't, maybe they're on sale. I don't know how it works, but like. <laughs> That's the way I felt about Simcoe. Yeah. Okay. Not a huge fan. But like, they're just, it's really getting hard for me, like as a lover of them to find one that's not disappointing. Plus, plus they don't last long. Like, yeah. you know, when you see the date on a New England can that's not refrigerated and it's like more than two months, it's like, don't buy that. I saw at a store, one of my very favorite beers, Cloud 19, it was five months old on the shelf, just on the shelf, not even like in the cooler. And I was like, should I tell them? Like, should I call somebody? Like, I don't know what to do about this. It's not going to be good. Nobody buy it. I wanted to stand there and ward people off. <laughs> I didn't. Be like the Queen's guard just standing there. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's that's a whole other conversation about beer yeah, being sorry. outdated. No, 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 no. That's it's it's yeah. not a bad conversation. It's just another no. conversation of like beers just being too long on that's why I always never really liked for me. I never liked draft houses like poor houses like Hopcap because I, I could never, I would think that these beers are always sitting a little too long or yeah. they magically ordered a lot of that specific beer and it still hasn't, you know, it's continuously going through the kegs um, or they continue to rebuy. Like for, for me, I just, I never really drink beer that has too short of a shelf life. I don't like IPAs. We all know this, but I, when you go and you see beer, that's just so outdated. And there are times where you see, like it's it's a great surprise like um i had my housewarming party and you know what nick's housewarming gift was one of those moscow meals that he found <laughs> nice <laughs> but that's that's a mead that's going to last on the shelf and that's going to taste just fine not even like oh you're aging it to make it you know to see what the flavors come out no it just it lasts a lot longer but some of these beers just don't have that shelf life and shouldn't and a lot of like that's just IPAs. I just can't, I can't deal with them. I I've tried. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, and I, I guess just, you know, with, uh, just kind of with, with the new England's, it's just, I think kind of what I wanted to say with, um, to, to what Danny said with how there's so many different ones with different hops and, you know, you're, you're trying to find a new England that you may actually like, but, in every it seems like every brewery that's making a new england is making when they make one they're making 12 and it's to this point where everything oh nice can um everything has i almost want to call it the holmes effect because with holmes brewing and what they used to do is that it was Sour, IPA, 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 sour, sour, IPA, IPA, IPA. And it was like the same, you just kept getting the same style, different hops, made different. And it was just like for years, I was like, will you please make a stout? Now to make a stout, I can't get the damn thing because everybody wants to buy it. But (laughs) you have the breweries where they make it, they make a New England IPA. And it's like, all right, this one's with Simcoe and Centennial. It's like, all right, now this one's with, um, you know, Solo Hops. This one's yeah. with Azaka and, and you know, some other hop. And, you know, this one is from the, a hop that we got from NASA's Preservation over in Mars that, that they brought down here that they can make, make, a new, make a new New England out of. And it's like, okay, we get it. 
Yeah. We can have a whole bunch like when when I go to Costco and my old ass goes and buys a box of oatmeal, there's five flavors in there. It's never anything that different than those five flavors. And I enjoy all five of them. But when really? you have these dudes, yeah, I do. Sometimes I mix them. <laughs> I, I get a little weird with them. What is don't, they put, don't they put like unflavored in there? Stuff? No, they don't. They don't do that anymore. Oh, they don't okay. do that anymore. You don't get like, playing kind. Nope. Right. Not playing? Really? <laughs> I don't, no, I don't get. The, I don't get to play. It's just like with, with the New England. It's just <laughs> the New England. It's just the New England IPA. Just like, well, damn, how many different hops do we have? And yeah. can can we just get to a point where? Um, I, I feel like I think it was when we were talking to um, uh, Hoplop or Hoplot or somebody that that was starting a a hop farm. Like it, I think they're actually Hopley like two three after. years ago. Yeah, Hopley Ever After, and I, I think it was them who were talking about having a hop that actually was going to have a flavor of like strawberries. And now we're gonna. It's like we're gonna start getting to this point where. Well, I think we're already at that point where we're, we're getting all of these hybrid hops. So now we're changing different flavor profiles. And I, I don't know. I, I guess I feel like we're already uh, we're already just like unloyal to all beers as it is. So I guess just keep making different flavors because no one once you find one that that people are going to be loyal to two weeks later, they're going to be giving it two stars on untapped and saying, <laughs> I don't like this. It doesn't taste like a cream ale. Like, <laughs> uh, before I feel like I'm having we... a having a Lewis Black moment right now. <laughs> before we go to the last topic, which is going to be uh, from Dan, I wanted to ask you guys just just to ponder this question. Um, I counted. Uh, Holmes on Untapped has 242 beers. Jesus. How many of them? are a variant of IPA. There, at least 200. <laughs> I, I no. Go, no. Go, get some guesses. I, I want to hear everyone's guess before I give you the answer. Rob? I'm sorry, what was the question? Two, Holmes has 242 <laughs> beers. How many are IPAs? Okay. Sorry, I was, I was laughing at uh, Larry Lim's comment of him saying, I never thought we'd get to the get-off-my-lawn phase of, the cra- of craft beer. <laughs> oh, that's <And> amazing. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Larry. I'm sorry. I, I will I, since the beginning. I, I will. I will make sure that Clint Eastwood gets evicted from my house post haste. <laughs> um, 240 beers. How many are IPA? I am going to say 174. What about you, Danny? At Holmes. At Holmes. Out uh, of the 242 beers on Untapped, how many are IPAs? It that's that have ever been on Untapped, right? Correct. So, in their lifetime, okay, a hundred, one hundred. What about you, Wendy? I'm gonna say ninety-five. One forty-four. Uh, oh. Seriously? The correct Holy. answer is one forty-four. One forty-four. Their sours are usually the ones that people go for, so that I know of. But their stouts are absolutely amazing. Bananas. Yeah, the Oof. number the number of sours is probably the nicest number ever. Period. Oh. If you could figure dude. out, dude. 
Dude. If you can't figure out the what, what I was saying, the answer is 69. Um, Dan, Dan, what's your, yeah. what's your topic for us to talk so, about? So this is a fun hypothetical. I want to see what everyone, oh, no. how everyone would react to this. Yeah, that's are, why are you going to be last. Are, are, are I know you asking us what we're going to drink with Edward Forty Hands? No, no, no. That's, that's for guests. <laughs> we already, that's for guests. Yeah, so, you know what that is. Yeah, we, let's, hypothetical, you're a brewer, you own a brewery with a tap room so people can come in and drink one night someone walks in and starts criticizing your beer and tells you how to make it better how do you react ken we're gonna start with you uh, <laughs> nod your head and say i'll take that into consideration that's it that's it oh oh man i thought this would be a lot more fun what about <laughs> you rob listen if you here's 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 the thing as as a brewer and god we know so many brewers who have had these people well, actually, um, their their own beer. Uh, you know, I if if you're gonna come into my establishment and critique what I'm doing with my beer, um, I'm just going to nod my head because you're paying my bills and say I'll take it into consideration. Um, we hope you like it better next time. And uh, if at that point they might have a good idea, like oh, that's not a bad idea. I should use holler to. Uh, hops for this as opposed to whatever hops that I'm using. Oh, that's not bad. Or you know what? I don't know about that one uh, barley company or malt company. I'm going to reach out to them, maybe see if we can make something happen. Um, Now, I personally would never do it because as a consumer, I don't know shit about making beer. Um, I've made beer, technically, I mean, I, I shouldn't say yeah. that. I've actually, I've actually made a hand, uh, a couple of uh, beers, um, as well as the 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 big beer that I did, the Ultraviolet over at North Center Brewing. That was like ninety nine percent Cody and me and Kevin were just kind of <laughs> drinking to the side. Um, so give me I a paddle. Tell me when to stir. Oh no, I didn't even do that. <laughs> do that. <laughs> no, she did a lot of the work. Um, <laughs> That's just that's just how it went. But I'm actually I'm going to be doing uh, uh, a collab beer with Loaded Dice here upcoming because he collabs with everyone. So why not us? Um, But uh, we already have a name for it. And because it's Loaded Dice, which is a casino based and there was a name missing in his all of his beers. And that's called Martingale. Now, if you it ends in ALE, Martingale is a betting system to where if you bet a dollar and you lose, you bet two. If you lose that bet, you bet four. If you lose that bet, you bet eight. And you consistently go higher because you're betting on the fact that sooner or later you can't lose 10 hands in a row or whatever. Um, I think 10 hands mm. is $512, so you'll be down 1000 at that oh. point. Shit. <laughs> to win $1, by the way. To win $1 after all that. Um. <laughs> So we're going to be doing a, a alt beer over there uh, called Martingale. Uh, so we are excited. But yeah, I I mean, I think everyone else may be in agreement with what I said, Dan, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm more of a Kelly Meyer guy myself. I'm probably going to punch this guy in the nose when he walks up to my <laughs> bar and tries to tell me what I'm doing wrong. Like, dude, open your own brewery. Like, for real. I mean, so, you walk into someone's business and start criticizing them like that. There's, I think that's, you can't really do that, though. <laughs> I mean, that that's what to think. And I, and I think that that's something that I would just keep in my head. But I, I'm going to try and look at it as kind of a, all right, I've already opened up my business with an intent to make money. You know, this could be an experience where I could learn something to make more money. 
I mean, if this guy goes back home and he puts, you know, like we've talked about that before, where somebody uh, gave an IPA a, a one star and he was mad because it, it wasn't like a completely different style than, than what he was expecting. And, you know, that's, it's, it's going to be these learning experiences where it's like, oh, you think I can do it better this way? Well, you know what? I, I got a little bit extra money that, that I can throw at, at trying to do something like that. Um, you know, I'll give it a shot. Or if, if people come back and keep throwing out ideas like that, then you could do something like what Perrin did, where they did that. They're doing that whole, you know, consumer series where they put it up to a vote and just say, OK, here's four styles. Tell me what what give me a vote, which whichever one gets the most votes. That's the style that it's going to be. And then the next one. All right. Which ingredients should we use for this style and just go through it so that, you know, if, if the consumers are going to critique and provide ideas, why not take their ideas and make money off of their ideas? I mean, especially I'm working on my own, but if they've got ideas, then I'll make my money off of them too. <laughs> why not? Maybe, maybe there is a, you know, someone might need that information. Let's, let's throw a random brewery out there that fucking failed hard on their face. Shipwreck. <laughs> You know, Dan, Dan, he took the Kelly Meyer response and, well, we have Dragon's Landing now. <laughs> uh, right. I don't know. There, there, there is a space in the middle, but you can't you can't bend every customer complaint or critique, especially when these guys don't make beer. They just think they know better because they drink beer. You can't you can't bow to that. You can't punch him in the nose. So there's a happy medium in there somewhere. I, I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you have to kowtow to it. I mean, just, you know, all right, cool, cool story. And just, just go on. <laughs> I'm actually cool story, looking bro. at uh, the top people who uh, were loyal patrons of Shipwreck. And there is a Wendalt that is a oh. one of the most loyal customers of Shipwreck. Did you know you were that? loyal customer i've been there once <laughs> on on untapped you are the the 12th ranked loyalist customer that's how awesome i love it yeah i uh i went one time and i waited until after they had done some um changes from the very beginning i took a while so i didn't think they were as bad as everybody made them out to be um i know that they had some issues with their equipment and that was a big play, which I actually had a long conversation with them about their equipment because uh, their equipment was made by a company that my company is the North American sponsor or North American supplier for. So <laughs> I was like, you should have called us. We could have got your stuff sooner. But, you know, lesson learned, I guess. There was oh. one of the big things that, uh, the issue at Shipwreck was also customer service. Like, there's, oh yeah, their servers were not that good. I feel like I had. Well, by the time I got there, though, there wasn't a whole lot of people going there, and we got great service. <laughs> where, where? So, well, I think it's funny though that I'm sorry. I think it's funny that I'm the like the 12th most loyal customer because I don't think I rated anything when I checked it in. I just checked uh, it in. You rated a lot of them, including two 4.5s. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wonder where I went before there. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd have to dig deep into your your check-ins. I'm going to have to go and take a look. Yeah, you rated <laughs> you rated their uh their rye golden rye ale a four point five with the comment well done. Uh and their red ale, this was well done, nice flavor, one of my favorites spelled incorrectly, so maybe you were a few in. Yeah. Uh, of maybe. the lot. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm gonna have to go look at that. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that is the world of craft beer. Um, we are going to take a quick break. Uh, we are going to come back with the news, uh, go over some news articles that happened over the past week. Um, and we will be right back with the better on draft podcast. <laughs> 